Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Yeah, so uh, we're back at it again. This time, we're gonna bring you sort of a different take on this. So we're, this is a this is a little bit of a test on um, an idea, so that way we can go through all of the gods in a pantheon briefly, mm -hmm. very brief. Uh, very brief go through on all the gods. This is the Olympian family tree. So we are going to look at the Greek gods and sort of like kind of run through all of them and whatnot. Well, not all of them, but a lot of the popular ones. Yeah. And not necessarily part of the, we're not going through all the, all main the ones of the family know. tree. Yeah. You could say the main ones. Yeah, we're going through the ones that you should recognize or have heard of or, so, or something to that extent. Um, just to see, you know, like, kind of what you think. So, like, if you're checking this out on YouTube, uh, comment below. Tell us what you think of this new format. If you're listening to us on your podcasting network, then, um, of choice, then, uh, you know, you can leave a comment on YouTube, because these are also up on YouTube, uh, at Narjive on YouTube. Or, uh, you know, write us a review and comment there so we know if this is something that we'd want to explore in other pantheons. Yeah. And uh, if you want to support... DM yeah, yeah, yeah you can hit socials. us up on social media or whatever. And uh, if you want to uh, support more witchy goodness like this and also get some uh, bonus stuff, uh, hit us up on Patreon. Uh, we have a Horn and Cauldron podcast tier on our Patreon. So that way uh, you get the Book of Shadows pages about this. Um, for each one of these, as well as access to our Discord, so we can, like, chit-chat about which cool stuff, as well as, uh, cell phone backgrounds, because I make cell phone backgrounds out of all the graphical shit that I needed to do to make the, um... Yeah. Uh, Book of Shadows pages. So, yeah. yeah let's, uh, w I guess with all that being said, we're just gonna get right into it. Yeah, so, no. um, we're gonna, we're gonna start with the Olympians. So this is kind of like a new... Um, show idea that we're doing and we're starting out with these guys and if we think it works well and if you think it works well then we'll continue to do these and go over like a few pantheons uh, and sort of give you like a broad overview in addition to the individual like uh, deity deep dives that yeah. we've been doing. <clears throat> so uh, the Olympians are essentially the Greek pantheon and it's a very popular pantheon for people um, to you know, sort of practice with or utilize in their craft. It's uh, super popular amongst um, people who use TikTok uh, as well as Reddit and a little bit into uh, Instagram. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to be on those platforms or even really into this pantheon to kind of get some out of this. There's a lot of really interesting pieces yeah. for it. So the stories and the myths of the ancient Greek gods, their heroes, and their mythological creatures have been passed down since about 1800 BCE. So that's like almost 4,000 years that these stories have, be, have been told. And it's quite possible that they've been talked about since prior to then, but that's really sort of the earliest mention that we have of yeah. any of that stuff. Well, and and, and if, if, you dive into, if you dive into these gods, you'll often find um that like one of these one of these gods might be like part of an older like let's say mesopotamian myth yeah that uh they just kind of like moved some details around a little bit and all of a sudden it's a greek god bam like yeah. kind of a thing so depending on how you look at it like some of these gods are older or younger but but insofar as they're classified as olympians 
Yeah, yeah. Well, the Olympian is sort of like a generational thing, and I'll get into that. Yeah. But the um, these stories were um, they the stories that we currently know as the Greek myths were originally passed down orally, so through like bards and singers and traveling, you know, people who told tales, as well as you see this with some folklore and particularly fairy tales with, that are more with modern. With mouth noises. Yeah, with mouth noises. <laughs> Um, you know, as stories to, um, you know, entertain or to, you know, keep keep people in line. Um, but our, our modern day sources largely come from the works of Homer, not the Simpson, uh, who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey, Probably. as well as Hesiod and other texts that date back as far as 500 BCE. Did you guys know that there were texts that dated back that far? Like I kind of did, but like seeing a date on that was like super cool. I'm just like, oh man, that's super rad. Uh, but the art goes back much further than than that time frame, and uh, and not just art, but also like the architecture, building temples, and creating uh, statues and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, they go back much further, and really depends on the story and on the deity. A lot of the um, a lot of the Greek myths, in particular, uh, they are found painted onto frescoes that have been exhumed. Um, well, maybe not exhumed, but have <laughs> been part of the archaeological record. Uh, and part of vases. Vases were a very popular way Vaz. to tell um, to tell these stories. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And um, some myths and some figures within this have dramatically different stories depending on their origin. Um, and there's really kind of no way of getting around that because the stuff is so old. We don't really know what everybody told each other, but it's very possible that there was regionality built into it or when the Christianization of Europe happened, that may have changed things as well yeah. as, well, um, as, you know, as, just as, like as well different people's when, takes when on you, stuff. When you transition a god from like, like we were talking, like I was talking about earlier, like a Mesopotamian god into uh into a greek god or a or uh you know like local tribal um god into a greek god or a local island god in, in, into one of these larger greek gods sometimes you like lose parts of the story but then like those parts of the stories kind of like come back in like a weird way yeah um i mean if you think about it like how many different versions of the story of santa claus are there yeah and especially across different cultures and areas of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that happens there. There's a lot of, like, telephone game as that changes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's telephone game. So, you know, you kind of got to go with what you got. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's... So today we're going to be focusing on what is commonly known as the 12 Olympians. But we're actually going to be talking about a few more than 12. Yeah. So those Olympians are Zeus, Hera, Hestia, Ares, Aphrodite, Apollo, Athena... Poseidon, Hermes, Hades, Persephone, Demeter. Uh, now, there are some other deities that we're going to be talking about that are not part of these 12 that are more important to us in modern times, but the idea of the 12 main gods is actually not really how the ancient Greeks or even the Romans, after they sort of took that onto their own, mm -hmm. their own would have looked at it. So um, that's a pretty modern idea of looking at it, and it's probably really based... Um, and sort of aligning itself with the Christianization of Europe. You know, you've got 12 apostles. Um, you know, you've got 
10 fingers and two feet. I don't really know where why 12 is such a popular number uh, for humans, but it just is. So um, keep that in mind that there's not, there's many, many numerology. more than 12. Numerology, I guess. Uh <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a podcast on numerology, don't worry. So, I mean, that's a pretty modern idea that dates back essentially to around the Middle Ages uh, as Greek mythology has been really just popular since forever uh, especially in pop culture it really had a resurgence in the middle ages uh, especially with the renaissance and continues to this day so it's pretty cool so uh, before we get into the creation of the greek gods and the gods themselves i do want to give like a disclaimer here is that the gods while they are immortal and eternally youthful have flaws and sometimes do bad things looking at you zeus well, I mean, really, and, look at all of them. All and, of them. And also, like, they're immortal, but they can also, like, kind of die. Yeah. So we're not in any way <laughs> like, condoning the thing, the bad things that these entities have done. Yeah, we're just telling we're stories, just bro. We're just telling stories. So yeah. you take that as you want to. And some of these stories um, about the gods themselves Fucking are weird. better or worse, depending on, you know, where they're coming from. Yeah. So, um... I guess we'll get started with nothing in the beginning. No, there was nothing. Yeah, actually, no. So, in the beginning, in uh, Greek mythology, there was nothing. There was chaos, a great black void. And from that void came Gaia, the Earth, and a few other primordial beings. And those sort of appear throughout um, Greek mythology. Now, Gaia gave birth to... Uranus, the sky, and together they had the Titans, they had the Cyclopses, and they had the Hecatonchires, um, which are a hundred-handed creatures. Don't ask. I don't know. I didn't make this shit up. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so Uranus didn't want any more gods to be born, and he was like, Gaia, don't make any more babies. Uh, but the youngest of their children, the Titans, and in particular Cronus, who was considered the god of time, um, decided that that was not okay with him, so he was going to kill his father. So um, he killed his father, and because he killed his father, he was deathly afraid that his children would do the same to him. Um, which you'll learn throughout Greek mythology, if somebody prophesizes that something's going to happen, ooh, man, the harder you try to avoid that, the worse that's going to be on you, because it's still going to happen anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, so, there's like a shitload of murder. Yeah, so A lot of Cronus, immortals get yeah, murdered lots in of, Greek Lots of murder. Lots mythology. of rape. Lots of murder. Sorry, guys. Um, so, Cronus marries his sister wife, Rhea, and, uh, uh, every time Rhea gave birth, because he was so concerned that his children would essentially kill him, as he did his father, oh. uh, he would he would f he would force Rhea to give him the baby, and he would then swallow them whole. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, Rhea got pissed. She didn't want her children to be eaten. She was having children because she wanted to have children. So her youngest uh, was Zeus, and by the time she had Zeus. Um, she was like, none of this shit. So she gave Cronus a rock swaddled in baby clothes instead of Zeus. And Cronus just swallowed a big rock <laughs> instead. And Zeus was raised in secret. So when Zeus came of age, he came back and obviously he was going to murder his father for being 
a cannibalistic dad. So he murders his father and somehow, don't ask me how this happens, um, his his siblings are still alive and he frees his siblings. So Zeus's siblings are Poseidon, Hades, Hestia, Demeter, and Hera. To freeze them out of the belly. Dad's dead. Goodbye. Father time. So after this, Zeus married Metis, who um, was another titan. And Zeus became so paranoid about a prophecy that his child would be stronger than him and then kill him that he then decided to eat his wife whole. Not in a sexy way. Yeah. So he swallowed his wife. But turns out she was already pregnant with their child, Athena. So when he swallowed Metis, Athena was still like in there as a baby. And uh, when she was born, she just like sprang from his skull in what is probably the worst migraine anyone has ever had. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Dang. A lot, of, a lot of people eating people up in this. Yeah, yeah. So... After Zeus ate Metis, he then decided it would be a good idea to marry his sister wife, Hera. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, at the time, she wasn't his wife because it was pre-married. Well, now... When he made I, that decision. Well, he technically was married to Hera by the time Athena popped out. So he just, like, ate Metis and was like, let's go, we're married now. And she was yeah. like, all right, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so um, after this, Zeus married Hera, and essentially the age of the Olympians began. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's a specific um, scholar age, but for layman's terms, it's close enough. Yeah. So that's how the gods came about. So each of the gods in Greek mythology has like a thing that they're into um, or a role. And of course they have symbols and correspondences. So um, most of what we're going to be talking about from here is the gods themselves. Uh, and we're going to be giving some information about who they are and what they're about and some of their symbols and where they sort of fit in, in this family tree. So the first one we're going to start with is Zeus. Zeus is the king of the gods. He's the ruler of Mount Olympus. He's the god of the sky, of lightning and thunder. Sounds like familiar Thor, hey? Uh, of fatherhood. He's the god of uh, law and order and justice. He, and uh, he, his parents are Cronus and Rhea. Um, and his spouse uh, is Metis, who he ate, and Hera. Uh, and he also has way too many affairs for me to list here. So for the most part, I'm not going to be he, talking about whoa, whoa, affairs. Whoa. His affairs aren't really his spouses. <laughs> he has two spouses, Metis, who he, whom he ate, and Hera. Um, but then he also has, like, an innumerable number of estranged lovers. Yeah, yeah. Like so a Loki number of estranged probably lovers, if you know what than I'm talking that. about. More than that, you know what I'm for saying? sure. Like, um, so we're not really going to be listing any of the affairs that the individual gods have because we would be here for like four days, guys. Yeah. There's so, so many. Um, so Zeus's symbols are the thunderbolt, the eagle, the oak tree, uh, Damiana, which is an herb, jasmine, sage, clear quartz. Uh, and Zeus had a lot of children. As best as I can tell through the, like, official lineage of, like, people who claim that Zeus was, like, their father mm -hmm. in the myths, it's over 100. A lot of, lot of child support happening here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, well, it, especially when you're <laughs> thinking about, like, all the heroes and, like, all the weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, um, Zeus's children, the more important of his children, and some of these we'll be hitting on today, are Athena, who we briefly talked about, Apollo, Artemis, Hermes, Persephone, Dionysus, Ares, Hephaestus, maybe, maybe... Yeah. Uh, Hecate and uh, Hebe, who is the god of youth, uh, and just like a ton of other demigods and like heroes, heroes and stuff. So if there's somebody, animals. yeah, if there's somebody in particular you want to hear about, let us know and yeah. we can do a Hit deep, dive, we'll do a deep on dive on it. that person. Totally, um, but like some of the demigods include like Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's, and there's a lot of differences between Hercules, the Greek myth, and Hercules, the Disney movie. So don't get it twisted um, there. So yeah. that is Zeus. <laughs> uh, and his wife. Hercules, the Disney movie, best Hercules movie. That's what I'm going to put it out there. That is not correct. Yeah, I'm going to put that That's out there. It's the, it's the best one. Not the best correct. One. I'm going to go with. So close second is, uh, is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger Hercules. Right? I, yeah. And then, and then, like, way down the list is that abomination, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Hercules. I'm going to go with the that best was such a Hercules, bad Hercules movie, movie is Jason and the Argonauts, which has Hercules in it. That's not a Hercules movie, though. That's a Jason and the Argonauts movie featuring Hercules. Then it's, listen, listen. Then it's, it's gonna not have a to Hercules be, rap Then it's going to have to be, like, the Arnold Hercules. Oh, yeah, the Arnold Hercules is in a close second. In particular, Hercules 2. I'm 2 is better Hercules than, yeah, it's like 2, yeah. 1, and then 3. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, so next is Hera, the queen of the gods. So she is, uh, paradoxically, um, because her husband is always cheating on her and she's always pissed off about it. She's the goddess of marriage <laughs> well, and family yeah, well. and women and childbirth and weddings. Um, it, it, it's a complicated relationship that Zeus and Hera have. And it's always felt weird to me that she's like the goddess of marriage and like motherhood, but she's always like Zeus, you cheating bastard. And I'm just like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that has more to do with Zeus than anything else. But yeah. 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 So, um, Hera's symbols are the peacock, the cow, the lily, the crown, myrrh, uh, Sapphire and her parents, because she's Zeus' sister wife, are also Cronus and Rhea. And um, together, um, Hera and Zeus only have like, like two kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, technically, like for sure, one kid. That's Hebe, the god, the god of youth. Um, they also have Ares, although some some myths consider Ares, um, a, a, you know, like having different parentage there. Um, and, uh, Hephaestus, maybe. Now, Hera did have other children besides this, so again, we're not really going into most of the demigods yeah. or, um, heroes, but Hephaestus is, is an interesting one because the more popular story of Hephaestus's birth is not that he is the child of Zeus and Hera, but when Zeus married Hera, he was still pregnant in a way with Athena and Athena burst out of his head. Hera was so angry that he had a child of his own without her that he, she decided to have Hephaestus all on her own. I don't know how that happens. Don't ask. Uh, but 
we'll get into Hephaestus more in a little bit, but she then saw that he was born crippled and was like, I don't want this baby anymore, and just, like, tossed him off a cliff. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hera is a pretty vindictive person, uh, and it's probably best to be measured in the way that she is. She is a, she is a, like a, like a tiger mom. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. She's a real bitch in that Netflix animated series. Let me tell you what. Mm. Real bitch in that. They did, they did, like, they were, they were like, let's make Hera Cersei Lannister vibes. I mean, like the Hera whole time. is kind of like yeah, Cersei yeah, Lannister yeah, yeah, yeah. vibes. Though. I mean, but like, it, she was like, she Hera, was like real The dark. original Cersei Lannister. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Listen, maybe. <laughs> That explains a lot, actually. So maybe. Kind of does. Yeah. It kind of does. So um, Hera only really has Zeus as her spouse. She did take on other lovers, but they were mostly for revenge on Zeus yeah. and not nearly the number of people that Zeus just like took to bed. Yeah. Um, so that is Hera. Now next is uh, Hestia, which is interesting because Hestia is probably the one that I think is talked about the least of the least of all of the Greek gods, especially in like modern magical practice, but seems to be one of the more important gods in ancient Greek practice. So Hestia was uh, or is the goddess of the earth. Or, uh, I'm sorry, not the earth, the hearth, yeah. um, fire, altars, like an altar that you have like for your magical stuff. Uh, she's the um, goddess of domesticity. So like, you know, housekeeping uh, sort of stuff and family. Hestia was so revered because she was the goddess of the hearth and fire. And really the cooking fire is what would keep like a family alive. So... She would always get the first and choicest portion of a uh, offering that was done at home. And oftentimes she would receive the last portion of an offering, an offering too, because it was, it was believed that if you upset Hestia, you're just, your family's going to starve to death, basically. Like your food's going to go bad. You're not going to be able to keep your hearth fire lit and a variety of other problems will happen as well. So um, Hestia is uh, associated with, um, with like a hearth or like a fireplace. Um, she's associated with like a home fire, but mostly like a cooking fire, like a stove would definitely be like a symbol for Hestia. Um, as well as um, altars and the plant yarrow. She also is associated with brass, the metal, and with tea in general because it has to steep over that hot water. Now, Hestia being Zeus's sister, um, is her parents are also Cronus and Rhea, but Hestia swore never to marry. So she's also sort of considered a virgin goddess as well. And so Hestia never had a spouse, never really had affairs, never had children. She just like sort of sits there to tend the Olympus hearth fire. Um, which is really interesting because I just, I feel like nobody really talks about her nowadays, but that she was so, so important to so many for so long. Hmm. It just really shows like the march of progress, I suppose. So next up we have Poseidon. Poseidon is the god of the sea, of water, the patron god of seafarers, uh, the god of storms and hurricanes, and also earthquakes, and horses. Um, I know horses aren't in the water. 
I didn't make this stuff. What kind of horses is in the water? Seahorses. Yeah, and, and Star Wars taught us that there's a kind of horses in space, so... Space horses. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> Poseidon is the brother of Zeus, so he that means he is also the child of Cronus and Rhea. Uh, and he has a, um, he has, a, like, a main spouse that's uh, Amphitrite, who is a, like, a, a sea nymph. Uh, or like a sort of goddess of the sea. When it comes to a lot of the sea deities, there's sort of not really a hard line between like what you would consider like a sea sprite and like a sea god. But um, there are many, many, many gods of the sea. Uh, and they were very important in um, Greek mythology because so much of the Greeks' food came from the sea that all of the sea gods had like a very venerated position and it's probably why there's not really a hard line between those. So Poseidon did have other lovers um, as most gods did, but again, not as many as Zeus. He's like the number one there. Yeah. Uh, now, Poseidon did have some children. Um, in particular, Poseidon's children are the most notable ones are actually not gods, but are demigods and creatures. So, um, Theseus, the hero, Orion, Pegasus, the star cluster. Yes. The winged horse Pegasus <laughs> is his child sort of, um, and, uh, and a variety of others. Uh, <laughs> uh Poseidon's symbols are the horse, a dolphin, fish, uh, obviously a trident, um, sea glass, shells, coral, sand, mint, kelp, literally anything that comes from the sea yeah. associated with him, <laughs> but also just water as well. Poseidon would have also been the major deity governing any sort of like body of water, including, including like a creek or a well, uh, even though there would have been a smaller, more regional deity associated with specific creeks and specific wells. So, um, that's Poseidon. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he like rolled around in a, in like a chariot made of like coral and silver and brass and gold and, um, with like horses that are like half fish, half horse. Yeah. So he They're was, seahorses. yeah, like seahorses. Yeah. We've already talked about that. <laughs> so then there's Hades. Now, many people think that Hades is the bad guy because he's like the God of the dead and he's kind of shown as the bad guy in a lot of more modern stories. And in ancient times, the god or goddess of the dead was generally feared because people sort of as a whole fear death. Um, but that doesn't mean that they were bad. That is with evil intentions. The, so Hades is the god of the dead, the underworld, but he's also the god of anything like underground. So um, he's the god of like miners and gems and he's the god of crystals and metals because you find all that stuff in the earth. So um, he sort of governs all of that sort of thing. And um, Hades is also one of Zeus's siblings. So his parents are Cronus and Rhea. Now Hades did have some lovers and he did have some like children attributed to him, but primarily his spouse was Persephone. Once he, well, kidnapped and tricked Persephone to come to the underworld, they were just kind of like with each other. They were just married um, forever. They were just like married forever. Um, so they, he was actually, actually probably one of the more faithful Greek gods as, as things go. 
that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and symbols for Hades would be uh, like a serpent of some sort, uh, a mint plant, Narcissus, by the way, don't eat that, that's poisonous, uh, cypress trees, rosemary, fossils, uh, and any black animal or black gemstone would be associated directly with Hades. So next we've got Demeter. Yeah. So Demeter is uh, thought to be a much older goddess than most of these uh, and sort of takes some of these things from older Mesopotamian type of gods. But she's Zeus's sister also, so her parents are Cronus and Rhea. Uh, but Demeter is goddess of the harvest, of the earth, of seeds, fertility, agriculture, nature, cycles of life and death, and also the seasons. So she has, um, her symbols are poppies, uh, particularly red ones, wheat, seeds, um, cornucopia, uh, pigs, and bread. So she's really kind of like like that, that food, hearth, mother sort of goddess. Now, she didn't actually have a spouse per se, but she was a lover of Zeus, and she was one of Poseidon's lovers as well. And through her union with Zeus was created Persephone. Mm -hmm. uh, and she, her children also um, was Despoina, uh, that's one of her children with Poseidon. And she also was the mother to Arion, which is a horse. Yeah. Again, yeah. like... I've, every like that's just that's the way it is. Every every pantheon's yeah. got weird horses. Yeah, there's always somebody giving birth to a horse. We've got there's a few of them in here. Yeah, I was just like, there's so many horses. Yeah, why is this happening? What's with all these? Horses? I gotta I gotta say them all now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and we're back. Next up is who is this? Aphrodite, Athena. Next up is Athena. Yeah. So I know you thought well, I was gonna do Persephone next. You're wrong. I got you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I would have thought that. The fact that these aren't in alphabetical order kind of makes my eyeballs bleed, but that's fine. <laughs> Whatever, man. Well, they're ordered so that it's the traditional 12 Olympians and then the extras. I what thought about that? doing them doing alphabetical, that, but I was just like, mm. and because Zeus is the first one that I wanted to talk about, I was like, I could do reverse alphabetical. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the alphabet backwards. Okay, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about that. I'm going to have to write down the alphabet to look at it backwards. I mean, yeah, like there's an ordering function inside of the computer. Yeah. You but should also still. be able to like do the alphabet yeah, backwards. Yeah, I don't know. If I get pulled over and they want me to recite the alphabet backwards, I guess I'm going to jail. All right. <laughs> like, you can try at least. Those letters from Q through like V... They're doing them forwards I can handle, but doing them backwards, that's just a hot mess. It's just like a little orgy of letters in there. I don't want to, I don't want to try to separate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. we're going to, we're going to leave Whatever. it there. So we're going to talk about Athena. She is the goddess of wisdom, of courage, warfare, arts, uh, and crafts and hobbies, freedom, and also learning. Athena is generally known as the patron goddess of, um, universities and schools and that sort of thing uh yeah and there's like athena societies that are like research societies and stuff like that yeah, yeah totally totally so she's been sort of like the patron saint of like learning stuff knowing stuff for well really since um pretty much 
For forever. Yeah, pretty much for forever. Yeah. Uh, but it's become more pronounced as time has gone on. So Athena symbols are uh, the owl. Fun fact, I have an Athena owl tattoo. Uh, the olive tree, armor, spears, and uh, lapis lazuli. Yeah. Uh, Athena's parents are Zeus and Metis. Um, remember, she jumped right out of Zeus's head in what I can only imagine is the worst migraine. Like, I've definitely had migraines where I feel like I mean, like maybe my brain is just gonna like explode like from my Zeus, soul. Zeus gives birth but... out of several places in his body, so I feel like maybe he he's just like a weird fall apart man, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> you know Titans are are very strange. Uh, <laughs> so Athena had did not have a spouse. Uh, but she did have several lovers, not very many. Most of the women in Greek mythology had men, had much less lovers than the men did. Far fewer. Yeah. Um, but Athena didn't. Athena didn't really have anybody that she was like tied with forever. Um, so Athena did have one adopted child, and um, really, that adopted child was sort of hers and sort of Hephaestus, but also not really either of those. And, um, and she decided to, to adopt this baby. So mm. essentially Hephaestus tried to woo Athena before he hooked up with Aphrodite and Athena was like, ew, gross. No. So he was going to try to, um, he was going to try to like roofie her and then make him the mother, uh, make her the mother of his children forcibly. And Athena woke up and was like, ew, gross, no. Uh, and Hephaestus spilled his seed on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into the child, Erichthonius. And Athena was like, that baby's mine now. And then just raised that kid. That makes sense, sure, yeah. Yeah, it makes as much sense as really the rest of what all of this yeah. stuff does. Yeah. So Whatever. whatever's, cl whatever's clever, whatever's clever. <laughs> yeah, so that's Athena. There's a lot of stories about Athena. Um, Athens was like her patron city. Most gods had a patron city. Yeah. Um, as well as there were... Zeus Fins, Hera Fins, <laughs> Poseidon Fins, you know. Just like how Athena had Athens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly how yeah. that works. Yeah, I'm gonna make a solid recommendation if you're listening to this in a place where you can use the internet safely, like not in a car or something. Is look up the character designs for these gods in the game Hades. Oh yeah, they're beautiful. It's so cool, dude. Yeah. I'm playing that game, and you play as Zagreus's kid. Yeah, and uh, it's it's fucking dope. It's it's super beautiful. So yeah, like in my every time you say in their names in my mind, I'm thinking of like like those images yeah. of the gods. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if you want um, a good book that talks about Greek mythology, but isn't necessarily like very like Th that isn't necessarily but isn't like Homer. a textbook, um, you can. I strongly suggest the Dolaire's version, and they have like there. It's like a it's like a like sort of like a coffee table book where it's got some of the stories and it's got illustrations in it and I grew up reading it and it's my favorite um, section and we'll have a, a link to that on like Amazon in the um, show notes so that you can take a look at that if you really want to we are not sponsored by them or Amazon or anything no. it's just to share that love um, but yeah check check that out so uh, next up is Aphrodite and for those of you that have been listening to the deep dives you know already all about Aphrodite skipping it let's go Done. Yeah, Next. We're not, we're not no, we're it. not going to do that. But if you have not listened to the deep dive, highly recommend. Or you uh, want to know more to about Aphrodite, check that out, man. Yeah. 
Check yeah, um, there's a lot of really interesting history associated with her. So um, Aphrodite is the goddess of love and beauty and jewelry. She's the goddess of pleasure, passion, procreation. She's also a sea goddess, a fertility goddess, and a war goddess. Again, we go into much more about this, including the history and her related um uh, celebrations. One of uh, her main one of which is Aphrodisia. And if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out, that is coming up very soon. I'm going to do some TikToks about how you too can celebrate Aphrodisia if you so wish. Uh, Aphrodite's symbols are the dolphin, the dove, anything that's a shell, uh, like a sea shell. That is not not necessarily shell like, gasoline. Yeah, shell gasoline. I guess yeah. um, rose quartz pearls mirrors and a girdle or like um like a belt or like a waist cincher or a corset mm -hmm. you could even consider a symbol of aphrodite um aphrodite's parentage is a bit odd so one story says that her parents are zeus and dione who is a titan who is a sea goddess um, but actually the more popular version is that when zeus killed his father cronus he oh wait no, when Cronus killed his father Uranus, yeah, yeah, he cut off his wiener and threw it into the sea. And when that happened, Aphrodite just popped up, uh, and then just like sprang yeah. to life out of the sea. So yeah. that's fun. Um, <laughs> that's so... a significantly funner story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a much more interesting story. So um, Aphrodite had has a spouse. Her her spouse is Hephaestus, and um, Hephaestus was essentially promised the most beautiful woman to be his wife because yeah. he was um, crippled and essentially mistreated by the rest of the gods, even though they relied very heavily on him. So he was a sort of given Aphrodite as a reward. Um, now, uh, Aphrodite did have other lovers, um, and the most the most commonly talked about lovers of hers is Ares. So... Um, I, in my head, have this headcanon that Hephaestus and Aphrodite just have, like, an open marriage. And, like, that's his kink, is her getting with other people. Uh, because he made her a girdle that made her irresistible to men. So, I mean, why would you do that if you weren't, like, into some of that cuckolding? Um, so... That's my headcanon. You're welcome. I talk more about that in the in the Aphrodite podcast, but, yeah. you know, that's it. So um, she did have several other lovers, and um, Aphrodite did have quite a few children of note. Um, and we talk about these children all in a little bit more detail in the Aphrodite podcast, yeah. but is Eros, who is commonly considered to be Cupid, um, Harmonia, Hymaeus, Phobos and Deimos, her children by Ares, and uh, Priapus, her child by Dionysus, which is, well, just like a dude with a raging heart on, like yeah. literally all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah, she's got, she's got, she's got stuff. Definitely check out the podcast for more info. Mm -hmm. Check out mm -hmm. that episode. Yeah. So um, next is Ares. He is the god of war the god of violence, the god of bloodshed, and the god of, like, manly manliness. Yeah. Um, but he's not necessarily also considered a bad guy. 
there are like some comic book stuff uh, and other stories that are a bit more oh, yeah. modern. He's the bad guy in uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like the main bad in Wonder Woman. Yeah, but Ares wasn't mm. really considered a bad guy. The thing about the thing about Greek mythology well, is I, I, there I mean, were I feel like really don't, don't no get your mythology from comic books. Yeah, don't get your mythology from comic books and movies. But, but like, but... yeah, 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 totally, totally. I think it's just because, I mean, I wonder if Ares being a bad guy started with Wonder Woman. Uh, no, there were there are definitely things before that that yeah. indicate that he's a bad guy because of like the war and violence and stuff. But he was like basically the patron god of like being kicking a good soldier, kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, yeah, totally. He would have been like the the like patron god for like all the, the John dudes McClane in of Olympus. Uh, yeah, yeah, or like the John Wick of Olympus. Yeah. I don't know if they got ducts to crawl through in Olympus, but if they do. This guy's doing it. Yeah, he's doing some yippee ki He's yippee ki <laughs> Kick you out the Nakatomi Plaza, motherfucker. What's up? Uh, so, Ares symbols are, well, really any weapon. Uh, and armor and helmets and shields, chariots, uh, vultures are also a symbol of his. The herb thyme, bloodstone, and really just anything that's red. Yeah. Um, these are all symbols of Ares. Ares is the son of Zeus and Hera, one of pretty much only two children that they had together. So that you know, let's talk about maybe their that that parent drama there. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ares didn't technically have a spouse, uh, but he did have affairs um, with uh, a variety of other people, but mostly with Aphrodite, uh, and in some myths it is like uh it's basically like everybody knows and everybody's pretty chill about it but like in other myths it's like Hephaestus finds out that Aphrodite is cheating with Ares and is like pissed so you know there's kind of a lot happening there Ares did have some children uh most notably the Erotes which is actually like a few children one of which is Eros uh and it's sort of like the stages of like passionate love as opposed to like romantic love or yeah, it's like, like brotherly love of Eros. yeah yeah um his children also were phobos and demos which are with like aphrodite yeah with aphrodite uh and that's like panic yeah he also had um a daughter harmonia who is like har the goddess of harmony yeah you put that put that word together yeah <laughs> Uh, as well as many, many others, but these ones She's are just only like the, the goddess most... of harmonicas. A, yeah, a, a, the goddess of a thing that hadn't even been invented yet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I know it's gonna be he's important. Like, he's like, later. one day you're gonna be super important in folk music. Don't worry. She's like, what's that mean? And he's like, don't worry. Folk music is gonna. A bunch of people are gonna be into it. They're like, what? And he's like, give it two thousand years. And they're like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the next one is actually probably the most complicated of the gods and also the most like widely ranged of what he's known for and that's Hermes. So Hermes is the herald of the gods. He is the patron god and protector of heralds and travelers and merchants and thieves. Uh, he also could move freely between the realms of the living and the dead and often or always, depending on the myth that you're looking at, um, guided souls to the afterlife. Hermes is the god of communication and travel and shepherds and male fertility, especially. Yeah. When um, the Romans 
took the Greek myths into their own and made it their own. Hermes became Mercury, so um, Mercury retrograde is all about Hermes. Yeah. Um, going backwards, <laughs> basically. So you can kind of see there's connective tissue there. Now, um, Hermes symbols are a caduceus. He is also sort of like the god of healing um, be because of that particular symbol. Mm -hmm. uh, also, roosters and tortoises. I don't know why a tortoise... Well, actually, I do. Um, it's because he used that to make the first lyre, which is a small stringed instrument. Yeah. You'd think that maybe tortoises weren't happy with them after that, but, you know. It is what it is. Um, Hermes is also his one of his symbols is like the satchel or backpack, um, particularly like well, a he's messenger a bag. Yeah, yeah. So like a messenger bag, winged sandals and hats, um, palm trees, uh, lavender coins, and amethyst are also all associated with Hermes. Um, if you are like a, a runner. Uh, Hermes would be a good patron saint for you as well, yeah. or patron god for you, because of his association with uh, moving fast and running around. So Hermes, uh, Hermes' parents are Zeus and Maya. Maya is another one of the gods, uh, and she was a sea god. Actually, she was a titan. Um, now, Hermes had... Had, had did have a spouse. Her name is Pytho. She's the goddess of seduction and persuasion, uh, one of um, Aphrodite's handmaidens. And uh, Hermes also notably had many affairs with both men and women, including demigods, um, which is very interesting. It is said that Hermes was lovers with... Perseus, as well as there's hinted at with other um, particular um, Greek um, like heroes. heroes. Yeah, yeah. Now Hermes did have many children as well. Um, sort of like the number of affairs, the more children he have is Makes sort of sense. the way that that sure. worked. Yeah. So um, one of Hermes' children is Pan, the Saturn god, uh, Hermaphroditus, which is uh, both male and female, uh, and others. But those are just the most notable ones. Yeah, Hermes. Hermes. Hermes is a pretty. Hermes is a pretty rad god. Yeah, actually, Hermes there's is like, like there's like a, like really a lot cool. of cool stories about Hermes and stuff like that. That would be. Uh, we should get a Hermes movie. That's what we should get. Actually, that would be really cool. Be tight, dude. There's a lot of really interesting stories about Hermes. He's sort of like. He's sort of like the like. I feel like saucy, jaunty, young, androgynous hot guy that like everybody's yeah. into, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's kind of like doing tricks, and he's kind of like a I, I trickster. Think that often, when a movie talks about the Greek gods, it like um, it sort of relegates Hermes as to the like comic, like like either comic relief or just like a silly messenger or just like a like a tiny thing over there. Like, yeah. like, he's just one of those gods that and, sometimes gets And relegated. Hermes would have also been comic relief. Like, there's yeah. one there's one myth about him as a baby. Like, actually, literally, he's a baby. And he, as an infant, he goes and steals this whole, like, flock, this whole herd of cows from, like, a shepherd. Uh -huh. And in order to cover up the trail of this, like, huge herd of cows, he, like, ties a bunch of, like, 
plants to their tails so that as they're walking, they're brushing their steps away so that they can't really find out where it is. And now Hermes did this as an infant while his surrogate mother, who um, whose name I can't think of off the top of my head, um, while she was sleeping. So... Yeah, he 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 he, he fucked around. <laughs> yeah. yeah he so he's around. a really fun one. I would like to see more about Hermes for sure. Yeah. So uh, Hephaestus is next. Hephaestus is the god of blacksmiths and craftsmen. Any artisan. Um, he's the god of sculpture and the forge, um, invention and fire and volcanoes. Also jewelry because of he because of him doing metalwork. Um, and he is also the patron god of those who are crippled or have uh, birth defects or otherwise deformities. Mm. Um, and I already kind of talked a little bit about his parentage with mostly being Hera and sort of throwing him off the cliff. So um, he he only he mostly only had the sort of illegitimate child with Athena, Erichthonius, but he did have some others um, that were his children that were mostly demigods. But his main spouse was Aphrodite and it kind of breaks down in like in like two ways so either when you're talking about the 12 Olympians you're either including Hestia as an Olympian or you're including Hephaestus as an Olympian and the reason for that is because Hera threw Hephaestus out of Olympus because he she was upset that he was like crippled and at that moment it's sort of like okay well when he came back to be aligned with the Olympians either Hestia gave up her seat as an Olympian to give it to him because I guess they couldn't make more chairs um or they promised him a seat as an Olympian and Hestia was never considered an Olympian to try and persuade him to come back because he was essentially the uh, the blacksmith and the creator of weapons and everything like that for yeah. the gods. So if yeah. you're watching like Greek mythology stories or like movies based on it, like Clash of the Titans or whatever, all of that stuff that's being made that's like from the gods is actually being made by Hephaestus. Yeah. So like they actually needed him a lot more than he needs them. Yeah. So, um, so his symbols are um, fire and an anvil, axes, hammer, also donkeys. Um, really, any sort of rock could be considered his, um, as well as coal, uh, because of you know what he has to do to to keep a forge going. So um, that's that's Hephaestus. He's actually yeah. a pretty interesting character, and because he is so flawed, it really has like an interesting way of affecting who he is, mm -hmm. um, and sort of like the mythos associated with him. Yeah. So the next one are twins. So Apollo is uh, the twin to Artemis. And Apollo is the god of light, the god of the sun and prophecy, philosophy, archery, truth, inspiration, poetry. He's the god of music and the arts. He's the god of manly beauty, which is different than just beauty in general. Um, and he's also the god of dance and medicine. Um, looking at you also, Hermes. Healing and plague and seafarers. Um, he's also the patron god of shepherds and divination and prophecy. Whew. 
I had to separate Apollo and Hermes because there's like a lot happening with both of them that kind of like overlaps, which is very interesting because there are some schools of thought that um, Apollo and Hermes are actually sort of parts of the same god, um, but also his... Um, Apollo was very, very popular, and it may have been because of proximity to the Egyptians that Apollo was sort of like, uh, was sort of like raw in the way, or Horus in the way that he's portrayed. So Apollo actually was a cult that sort of like went further than just Greece. And Apollo's symbols are uh, the sun and bow and arrow, the lyre, um, bay trees, gold, amber, and sunflowers. His parents are Zeus and Leto. Leto is a human woman who um, Zeus knocked up. Now, Apollo never took a spouse, though, but he had many male and female lovers, also similar to Hermes. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually a fairly common trend throughout most of the Greek pantheon of gods, is that most of them are not really particular about what gender the person is that they fall in love with, just that they fall in love with them and now they have to have them and no one else can. Yeah. Um, that's a very Greek god thing. Um, so Apollo did have some, um, some interesting children, and one of those is Asclepius, who is considered a healer, uh, Orpheus, uh, and Chiron, who was the uh, centaur. He was actually not his biological father, but his surrogate father, and many, many others. Uh, now, his twin sister, Artemis, is goddess of the hunt, of wilderness and virginity. Uh, she's the goddess of the moon and archery, childbirth, protection. She's also a plague goddess. Uh, and she is the patron of young girls. So Artemis swore to never marry. Uh, so she's sort of like the virginal goddess. So while there are some stories of her having lovers, um, it's sort of the idea is that the union was never consummated, at least the union never brought about a child. Um, and that's sort of the way that Artemis went with that. Now her symbols are, um, the moon, deer, um, because of hunting, dogs, also because of hunting, bears, uh, actually a lot of young girls who went to go and serve with Artemis around like eight, the ages eight to 10, they, um, were, they basically were called she bears. It was sort of like the cult of the bear is like Artemis's thing. So it's pretty interesting. Um, her symbols are also a bow and arrow, any sort of hunting knives or hunting paraphernalia, uh, the herb mugwort moonstone, both regular and, and, uh, rainbow and, and, uh, silver are also associated with her. So, um, after Artemis, we're going to circle back to Persephone. Um, so Persephone is the goddess of the underworld of she's the goddess of spring of rebirth and of death. And her symbols are ivy and pomegranate, tourmaline, uh, pink or black, or really any color probably, um, bats, uh, wildflowers. Um, she generally is, is shown holding a torch because the underworld is dark sometimes, um, of garnet, which is, uh, which is a callback to pomegranate seeds, and of wheat, which is sort of a callback to her mother, Demeter. Uh, now her mother, Demeter, um, and Zeus are her parents. So Persephone is the child of Zeus and Demeter, and her spouse is considered Hades. And it, Persephone didn't really have other lovers. Um, 
so we mostly Hades, but like she had a few here and there. So she had less affairs and also less children than many of the other Greek gods did because of this. But of note, one of the stories of who one of her children is, is Dionysus. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's how you get Dionysus through Persephone. <laughs> well, Persephone and Hades. Yeah, yeah. Now, some people also consider Persephone to be the patron goddess of um, <clears throat> people who have um, bipolar disorder um, or other types of um, mental things, um, sort of of that line. And that is, if that's where you want to go with it, that is absolutely fine. But I do caution you that Persephone did not herself have that issue. She was forced into the underworld and came to like it. So she is really sort of like more the goddess of overcoming your dark side, whatever your dark side is. Um, although if you feel like you particularly jive with Persephone, like get at it. Yeah, jive um, with Persephone, man. Yeah, jive with Persephone. She's pretty dope. Uh, so that's Persephone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Dionysus, who's probably your favorite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely Dionysus is my, is my favorite Greek god. Mm -hmm. um, I also really like him in the game Hades. Yeah. I keep going back to like all the way these characters look in the game Hades just because it's such a fun game. And I, for the fucking life of me, uh, cannot stop playing that game. <laughs> I love roguelikes like that. But yeah, all right. Fucking... Yeah, so Dionysus is another really interesting god with a lot of very fascinating, like, backstory associated with it and sort of ties throughout other pantheons. Uh, but we're just going to, like, like with the rest yeah. of these, hit them briefly. So um, Dionysus' parents um, were either Zeus and Semele, who was a Greek princess, or Zeus and Persephone. It just kind of depends on what mythos you're looking at there um in my head canon it's zeus and persephone because why not um he's also <laughs> um he's and that's also because he's uh, sort of this god of like rebirth um because in many of the stories dionysus is killed and then comes back to life so he's sort of like a resurrection god so yeah. for me that really is more of a symbol of persephone than that is um of just like a sort of a random princess. Um, Dionysus is most famously the god of wine, uh, but he's also the god of grapes and just sort of like fruit in general, um, of debauchery and partying. He's a fertility god, a little bit more on the male side of fertility than the female side, but it works for either. Um, he's the god of festivity and like parties and having a good time, yeah. of ecstasy, not the drug. <laughs> I mean, maybe also the drug. Um, and the theater, he's a pa the patron god of the theater, uh, resurrection, as I said before. But he's also the god of insanity. Uh, and that kind of makes sense, because if you have too much debauchery and festivity, then you kind of go a little bit insane. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like a balance sort of thing. Now, his symbols are uh, grapes and wine and uh, cups. Uh, also, ivy, tigers, goats pine cones and uh amethyst uh he did have a spouse ariadne um but he did also have many 
many lovers. I mean, he's a party god, right? Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. So um, Dionysus had several children with a variety of people, um, and including Aphrodite. Uh, with Aphrodite, he had uh, Priapus, who, as we mentioned with her, is just sort of the god of raging boners, um, who's a f um, fertility god. Sad god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he seems like he's having a good yeah. time. Uh, also, the charities, which are like grace and, and stuff like that, as well as others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. Dionysus is um, he's a cool party guy. He's fun. Yeah, 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 he's super fun. Yeah, party wolf. Uh, yeah. All right, we're back. We're down to our last few. Yep, that's right. We're in the home stretch now. Home stretch. Uh, so the ones that we've already talked about pretty much wrap up the like standard pantheon. Olympian pantheon. Uh, and the rest of these are like bonus gods. Think about like bonus gods, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and really that. I chose these mostly because they are uh, very popular nowadays for people to want to work with or invoke them or just sort of like curious in terms of pop culture. So I'm including them here anyway, even though they may not directly tie into the Olympians either with um, with their parentage or with their mythos themselves. Yeah. So the first of these that we're going to talk about is Pan. Um, Pan is a satyr and he, uh, so that's a half man and half goat. Yeah. So like everything from like the waist down is like goat. goat. Yeah. Uh, and everything from the waist up is like yeah. dude. He's like, a, he's like a mermaid, but with a goat instead of a fish. Yeah, yeah. Although sometimes Pan is um, considered to have like horns, like of a goat, basically. Yeah. Um, and sometimes not. Just as long as he doesn't have those freaky, freaky bifurcated pupils. Oh, he might too. Yeah. I know. He might. He might. Yeah. Um, it just sort of depends gonna on. Gonna pull that out and scare the shit out of people every once in a while, right? Yeah. You're it's... just like, boom, goat eyes. And they're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Pan was a satyr, uh, and he was a god of the wilderness, of shepherds. He's a god of lust and fertility. Um, again, mostly male fertility, but like, you know, uh, pretty much any fertility in general. He's also a, a god of pleasure, of uh, folk music, of hunting and mischievous, and he was primarily worshipped in the wild. So it was more common to not... To, to go into, like, the forest, as it were, um, or, like, a cave, or, uh, like, as a opposed cove, to like a big as opposed to, like, a big temple. fancy temple. Yeah. Although there are temples associated with Pan. Yeah. He's mostly, like, an outside god. So he's yeah. really the closest to, like, a fairy. He's an outside god. He's an outside god. This yeah. is an, this is he's a, not indoor trained yet. He's, he's an outside god. <laughs> he's not body trained yet. So um, his symbols are uh, the flute, in particular the Pan Flute, yeah. which is um, like a few reeds next to each other as opposed to like one long one with like buttons and stuff that you have to press. That is a fucking shocking way to describe <laughs> a flute. Holy shit, a tube with buttons and stuff? All right, man. I don't think you know what a flute is. But I played rock, the flute briefly, but rock and, roll. and I was awful at it. Oh. oh, boy, was I bad. It was in the early 90s when everybody was, like, really into, like, dances with wolves. And my mom was like, I know what instrument you should play, even though you've never shown an interest in playing instruments. Um, you should play the flute because it was really pretty in Dances with Wolves. And I was like, I don't really want to. And she was like, too bad. I found this flute at the thrift store, so now you're in band. Uh, and my best friend played the flute, and she was really good at it. <laughs> and I was just really 
really awful and I would just like sit next to her and there was like one I went through like one band concert right and I sat next to her on the stage and literally just moved my fingies in the same way that she was moving her fingies and I was just like this Jeez, is not man. <laughs> this yeah. is not so <laughs> So one of Pan's symbols is the flute. Yeah. Um, also, goat, obviously. Uh, phalluses, obviously. Yeah. Uh, caves uh, and coves are also symbols of, of Pan. Um, so are acorns, uh, musk, as in like the scent, and the stone carnelian. Uh, and Pan's parents are um, largely considered to be Hermes and Persephone. Although it is possible and it's sort of thought thought by many scholars now that pan is a much much older god than the rest of these and they just sort of like shoehorned him into having yeah. just like two random parents uh and pan didn't have any spouses but he had many lovers yeah. lots and lots of lovers he's a party god what can we say uh and he did have children and most of his children were lesser tier gods um and also companions to gods so he had a lot of kids uh there <laughs> and pan is a really fun one i feel like People probably don't talk enough about him. And I think it's really kind of interesting to just sort of have this like party god who like lives in the forest. Yeah. It's very like, it's very like Greek fairy core to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Pan is one of those gods that's often, again, like sort of relegated or like, or like downplayed to being just sort of like, like a silly goat man dancing around in the woods over there. As opposed yeah. to like, especially when you look into the like, like <clears throat> potential historical connection to like other like goatish, satyrish gods. Yeah. Like that are way older than the Greek gods, and like he might be like a significantly more powerful nature god. Yeah. Than um like we historically have record of as it were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he may also really be sort of an inspiration of or cousin to the more Celtic green man. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of sort of connections with Pan and, and other gods in that like Proto-Indo-European sort of area as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next is Hecate, and you can spell Hecate with a C or with a K. There is no right way or wrong way there. Um, and Hecate is the goddess of witchcraft, of the crossroads. She's a goddess of night and magic and poisonous plants and the underworld. Um, in fact, it's uh, she is in in many stories considered to be one of Persephone's handmaidens. She's just hanging out around the underworld palace there. Sure, yeah. Um, she's also the patron goddess of ghosts and sorcery and necromancy. And Hecate is a triple goddess, um, but she doesn't necessarily have different um, named facets to her. Um, but she is typically depicted with three heads or three faces. Um, and depending on sort of where you go and what scholars you like follow with that sort of thing, um, she is part of the triple goddess part that is Hecate as the crone and Demeter as the mother and Persephone as the daughter. But there's a lot of different places that can go. And as far as being goddess of witchcraft, that's actually a more recent connotation with Hecate that kind of came about um, in roughly the early Middle Ages, right around yep. the time of the Christianization of Europe. And um, that sort of, um, that sort of like made it so they could be like, oh, she's a witch. 
she worships Hecate, the witch. You know, so they're trying to sort of demonize that stuff there. Um, didn't work. They didn't. It yeah, it didn't yeah. work. And in uh, ancient Greece, Hecate was probably the most known of being the goddess of uh, herbs and poisonous plants, uh, because that stuff was like well known throughout um, throughout the Greek world. And uh, it's also possible that Hecate may have been a dispenser of birth control because of the nature of uh, plants. Of like herbs. Uh, of and herbs that, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So um, her symbols are uh, keys. So like keys to the underworld. Uh, she's uh, very oftentimes shown holding two torches. Uh, dogs are also one of the things that she's associated with, as are snakes and uh, like wheels, as uh, well as the plant or tree yew, jasmine, uh, apples, mother of pearl is also associated with her. She is uh, not technically an Olympian either. Uh, her parents are were um, two titans, uh, Perseus, not to be confused with Perseus, who was the god of destruction, and Asteria, who was sort of like the god of like nighttime and like the stars uh, and shooting stars. Yeah. Uh, and Hikate didn't have any spouses, but she did have several lovers. And through those, she did have some children and they sort of go like as Greek demigods or they go as like monsters. Hikate is sometimes referred to as the mother of monsters. Mm -hmm. So of the more popular of her children is uh, Circe and uh, Scylla, who is a, um, Scylla is a, a hydra, a many-headed hydra that um, Jason and the Argonauts kill in yeah. order to get the Golden Fleece. So that is Hecate. She's taken on a lot of symbolism within the last like 10 years that she didn't really have beforehand. So Hecate is sort of like this like all purpose witchcraft goddess now, which is like totally great. There's zero hate there. And if that's where you want to go with Hecate, like go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause she's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is, um, not technically a goddess at all, um, but is actually, as far as the Greek myths are concerned, a, uh, a Gorgon, um, which is sort of just like a monster. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to include her in this part of gods now because it is very popular for people to want to call on her uh, and to invoke her. And she's sort of always been a part of pop culture in that um, she's very fascinating. There's a lot of takes on it. So that is Medusa. Uh, Medusa is known as the goddess of revenge and of empowerment, in particular female empowerment. So you can see how that's been popular recently. Uh, she's also the patron goddess of women's rights and menstruation and death and protection. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's really an example of like her story in recent years having been like more explored and more elevated mm -hmm. you know and and you know like i was saying like oh i would love to see like uh like a like a pan movie or like uh yeah. or, um or like a hermes movie like like a standalone medusa movie would be like super rad yeah. there's a there's there's a good amount of story there and there's enough like surrounding lore that that like sort of focusing on medusa it, you know, with like, like we all know, Greek pantheon sort of like yeah. background universe would be really cool. Yeah, you know? I as well agree. as like the stories, like like all of these gods, 
you know, and really when it comes to any of this stuff, like, this is just a brief look. Check out, like, get a book. <laughs> go, go get a book. Go watch a bunch more YouTube videos about these. We we follow several YouTube uh, YouTubers who just like talk about like gods and tell stories of like Greek legend and and yeah. like oh how this god is connected to this god and all this kind of stuff. Like that shit's super yeah. super fucking yeah. fascinating. It really is, and I absolutely love Medusa. Like it's she's super cool. Even not necessarily as a devotional act. Like I super dig the the visual of Medusa yeah, and Medusa's she has rad, an interesting dude. story. I have a Medusa tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Forkins are dope. Yeah. Yeah. So Medusa's parents are, uh, Forkus, who's a sea God and Seto, who was also a sea God. So Medusa's sort of like pre snake woman is considered sort of like a sea goddess. So if you were so inclined, you can look at Medusa also as a sea or water goddess, because that's kind of like where she's coming from in the end and sort of in a way that's where she returns to um, as her as her life ends. So her symbols are um, snakes, uh, really honestly any statue because she turns things to stone, uh, coral, and bloodstone and thistle and also any sort of like thorny plant would be um, sort of in Medusa's realm there. Now Medusa didn't have any spouses, um, but she did have children kind of sort of not really. So um, Medusa, I'm not going to go into her origin story because there's actually a lot of talk about her origin stories, uh, but basically Medusa was not a snake woman, and then became a snake woman later in her life. Um, and we'll talk about this more when we go into a deep dive in it. Yeah, There's just a, a lot of bits and pieces a bunch here. To, like, that a lot of cover. a lot of a lot of happened in there. But when um, when she died uh, via Perseus uh, cutting off her head, um, her her blood drops of her blood fell either onto the sand or into the sea um although more commonly into the sea and um th from those drops of blood uh, sprang her children pegasus and creosaur so she didn't birth them but she still gave birth to them gave life to them yeah. yeah she still gave life to them um in that way and that's actually a pretty unique thing for most of the other greek pantheon stuff there are a lot of stories about things just sort of like coming to life like yeah. that um but hers is particularly interesting because of the nature of the way that that story goes and if yeah. you're not really sure probably the best way that you can look at it is um the old 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 clash of the titans movie from like the 60s um is a really great way to sort of like look at how yeah dude rewatch those rewatch those old movies they're they're fucking great although pegasus appears i believe before her head gets cut off and they don't really do that birth story there but it's a great way to kind of look at it medusa in the newer clash of the titans movie is pretty cool but honestly she's just sort of treated as a set piece yeah um and a puzzle to get wow, around the newer clash of the Ti clash of the titans movie it's is, just awful. It's not, it's not as good as oh, the original. Oh, it's just awful. By, by yeah. any means. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that wraps up our uh, list that was, of, uh, that was a buttload of, of Greek gods Greek right gods. there. That was a buttload of Greek <laughs> gods right there. Yeah, so, um, you know, this was just sort of a look, like a quick look, uh, like a family tree of Greek gods, where they came from and who they're related to and how it's all sort of connected. Um, I have fucking no clue how I'm going to do this 
Book of Shadows page. Ugh, I'm so concerned. But I'll figure it out. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but there will be a Book of Shadows page. But there will page. be a Book of Shadows page. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. Those are the Greek gods. Uh, if you would like to support more of this, you can follow us on Patreon. Uh-huh. And um, subscribe to the Horn and Cauldron Patreon tier, which would get you access to our Book of Shadows pages, uh, which are the pages that I create for every episode of the podcast, as well as some cell phone wallpapers, because like I already made the asset, so why not have some fun with it? Also, like I've literally changed my cell phone all the time. Right now I'm using the Mjolnir one on my phone um, because I'm one of those people I have to change my cell phone background all the time or I go crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a great way to show some support. We um, generally, we don't really, we don't make any money off of this. Ooh. So that's a, that's a, no, supporting I, I us on Patreon it, helps it, us do more of what it is that we're doing. Yeah. If you're watching YouTube, you'll notice that like things are more better lit than ever before because I just bought like very expensive lights. Every, every aspect Day. of this is so expensive. But yeah, yay yeah. Amazon Prime Day and knowing what we want and not overspending on Amazon Prime Day. Uh, don't don't overspend just because it's a deal. Yeah. Uh, we only right. really got the stuff that we wanted and then like held off on other stuff <laughs> until a better yeah. timing. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, uh, support us on Patreon if you're down. Uh, oh, you'll also get access to our uh, Discord so we can chit chat and whatnot. Um, or, and help to, you know, mentor Oh, yeah, answer questions, questions or, or just, like, bullshit about some weird thing that you saw in a movie. Like, yeah. whatever's clever. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things that we all always tell you to do. Just do those, but for us. Um, share yeah. us with other people so that way we become other people's problems and yeah. uh, we can spread. And uh, um, we've recently been doing some tie-dye, so yeah. if you're interested in checking some of that out, you can also uh, check that out on our Etsy shop. Yeah. Check out our and Etsy shop. And all that shop. stuff you can find links to from um, our website, nerdjive.com. Yeah. Yeah, go to nerdjive.com uh, slash links. Go to the links page on nerdjive.com, mm -hmm. and uh, you can get you can get access to everything through there. That'll that'll direct you. Check yep. out our um, social media. You can follow me at nerdjive everywhere, and uh, she's at goddess jewels everywhere. Right. Um, so we do like TikToks and and Instagrams and Facebooks and all the all the bloody things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, stay tuned for our next show, which is going to be uh, Lamas or, oh boy, how do you say that? Lunasad? I don't know. Lu I would have to say it. Lamas. Lamas. Yeah. Lamas. Next, next time is Lamas. Lamas. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, I don't know if I've said this already. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. This was the Horn. And Cauldron. Podcast. Stay magical, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank mm -hmm. you.